Welcome to this episode of Experience the Rav. I'm Rabbi Avi Vasowich. In this episode, I will present three key ideas. Although the magic number for the Seder night, Leil HaSeder, is four, I'm going to talk about the number two. And in particular, we're going to look at the following three things. First, two different types of slavery. Second, two different types of redemption. And third, two different parts of the Seder. Once again, that's two different types of slavery, two different types of redemption, and two different parts of the Seder. The audio clips of the Rav will be at the end of this episode. Let's begin. We've discussed before that the Rav, and for the Rav, no detail or discrepancy in any text was too small for analysis. Looking at the text of the Haggadah, of the many things that he pointed out, was the sentence that says, Avadim hayinu lefaro we were slaves to Paro in Mitzrayim. Now, there's another way to express that we were slaves to Paro in Mitzrayim. It could have said, Avde Paro Hayinu B'Mitzrayim. Slaves to Paro, we were B'Mitzrayim. Avde Paro. And instead, the text says, Avadim Hayinu Liparo B'Mitzrayim. Rather than Avde Paro, we say that we were avadim leparo. Now, lest you think that there's no uh, difference whatsoever whether or not we would say avde paro or avadim leparo, when it comes to Moshe Rabbeinu, the Torah more than 15 times exclusively calls Moshe Rabbeinu an eved Hashem. The Torah never employs the expression eved lehashem or ladoshem. So once again, the Torah is pretty exacting and detailed. When it comes to Moshe Rabbeinu, the Torah always and exclusively says, Eved Hashem. The correlate, the correlate would be if the Haggadah had said, Avde Paro Hayinu B'Mitzrayim. And yet by the Haggadah, what's employed is Leparo. In contrast, when it has to do with Moshe Rabbeinu, what's employed is Eved Hashem. And the Rav explains as follows. He says that there are two kinds of slavery or two kinds of avdos. Type one denotes an economic political institution. It means that in any society there are masters and slaves, and the slaves work for the masters gratis without receiving any compensation. But the person who works gratis is not a slave in a certain sense. He may love freedom, he may be dedicated to freedom, in some cases he is a free person, but unfortunately circumstances have caused this tragic situation. This first type of slavery is economic slavery. In my own words, I would describe this slavery as being a slave to someone or to something. In contrast, there's a second type of slavery, which is not being a slave to something, but rather being a slave of something. When someone is a slave of something, he has the personality of a slave. It expresses itself psychologically, existentially, in a variety of symptoms and attributes. A slave doesn't care for his own time, has no opinion of his own, always identifying with the master, and always trying to please the master. That is a slave personality. So when we're talking about avadim hayinu lefaro b'mitzrayim, we are talking about the first kind of slavery, that we were slaves to paro in Mitzrayim. When it comes to Moshe Rabbeinu, where it said eved Hashem, and not Eved Ladoshem, that is because Moshe Rabbeinu was an Eved of the second type. He was a slave of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. When we talk about the relationship that the Jewish people have with Hashem at large, and not just Moshe Rabbeinu, which is it? So the Rav says we cannot use the term Avadim Ladoshem. 
we can only describe the Jewish nation as Avde Adushem. In the Rav's words, our service to the Almighty is not something foreign, incidental, but something indispensable to our existence, something intrinsic and inseparable from our ontological awareness. Who are we? Just servants of God, nothing else. But the Jews in Mitzrayim, in contrast, if the Jews had become Avde Paro, says the Rav, they never would have been redeemed. We were just Avadim Hayinu Leparo B'Mitzrayim. That was our state economically and politically. But had we become existentially Avde Paro, says the Rav, had we lost our love of freedom and our spirit and heritage, then we would never have been liberated. And that's what we are saying, that we were just Avadim Leparo in Mitzrayim, where our slavery was incidental and not something intrinsic. The Rav says the Jews are ancestors, even in the crucible of slavery and oppression, had not forfeited their dignity and sense of loyalty to their heritage. They remain the son of the patriarchs, hoping, praying for redemption. And because we were only avadim hayinu lefaro, that's why, says the Rav, yotzienu adoshem elokeinu, misham biyad chazaka uvizroa netuya. Since slavery did not completely corrupt the Jewish nation in Mitzrayim, and they remained spiritually free, as Avadim Laparo, the great miracle of Exodus could take place. Now the Rav points out there is a mimer in Chazal which supports this idea. And whether you say it was only one out of five Jews that got taken out of Mitzrayim, or one out of 50, what was the catalyst for those who were saved? And the answer is there were only Avadim Laparo. In Vayikra Rabbah, Perak uh, Lamid Bet, Sikta Hey, it says, Rav Huna Amar B'Shem Bar Kapara, B'Shvil Arba'a Devarim Nigalu Yisrael Mimitzrayim. Rav Huna says in the name of Bar Kapara that for four items, the Jewish people were redeemed from Mitzrayim and taken out. Shaloshi knew as Shemam, they didn't change their names, Yes Loshonam, or their language, Velo Amru Loshon Hara, they didn't speak badly about one another, Velo Nimsa Benehem Echad Mehen Paritz Be'erva, and they did not compromise uh, er areas of erva or promiscuity. So the Gemara there says, in essence, that the Jews have never been real slaves. Had they been real slaves, they would have immediately assimilated, and that was not the case. They were Avadim Leparo and not Avde Paro. Next idea. Avadim Hayinu Leparo Hashem Misham Biad Chazaka Here the Rav focused on the word Misham, rather than saying, or saying, The Rav says that the Torah, generally speaking, is careful to say, and not, even though semantically they seem to mean the same thing. There are 48 times in the Chumash where is employed, and only 7 times where it says, and what is the difference between Hamotzi eschem me Eretz Mitzrayim, from the land of Mitzrayim, versus Hamotzi eschem mi Mitzrayim. So the Rav here says, me Eretz Mitzrayim means from a certain geographical location, from a spot in the world which is called the land of Mitzrayim. That was a physical exodus. The Jews left a certain large area which is called Mitzrayim, and they traveled in the desert. And what does mi Mitzrayim mean? So the Rav says Mimitzrayim is something wildly different and much deeper. Mimitzrayim does not mean a territory or a land, but Mimitzrayim means from the Veltenchang, from the qualities, from the ethos of Mitzrayim. Uh, for example, when it says, Vihine Mitzrayim nosea acharehem, 
that Mitzrayim was chasing after the Jewish people, well, it can't mean the land of Mitzrayim was chasing after them. And when it says, Vayar Yisrael Hayar Agdola Asher Asad Mitzrayim, Vayar Yisrael Vihinei Mitzrayim Meisel Sfas Hayam, that the Jewish people saw that Mitzrayim died on the shores of the river, that also cannot mean the land of Mitzrayim. It must mean the people of Mitzrayim or the ethos of Mitzrayim. So there are two types of exoduses. The first one is out of the land of Mitzrayim, and that's Me'eretz Mitzrayim. And the second one is Mi Mitzrayim, from the qualities or the ethos of Mitzrayim. And the Rav points out that if that's the case, you can be outside of Eretz Mitzrayim and still be part and parcel of the people of Mitzrayim. Because the people of Mitzrayim went all over um, and entered you know, many different parts of the kingdom at the time. In the same way in all of the ancient empires, there were people from the home base country, if you will, that spread throughout the empire. So one Yitzias Mitzrayim is a physical Yitzia, and another one is leaving the culture, the freedom of the ideas, the philosophy, the mores, and so forth and so on. Now, interestingly, the Rav points out that this helps us understand an exchange between Moshe and Hashem at the beginning of Moshe's mission, and another exchange between Moshe and Hashem after the Jewish nation sinned with the golden calf with the Chet HaEgel. Moshe said to Hashem after Chet HaEgel, Bayomer lama Adoshem so he didn't say, he didn't say, Moshe says, why are you so upset at the Jewish nation who were taken out from Mitzrayim? So the answer is what Moshe, Rabbein, what Moshe Rabbeinu was saying, Hashem, you took the people out Me'eretz Mitzrayim, but how can you expect anything from people who have not yet been taken out Mitzrayim? They've only been out of Mitzrayim a short amount of time. Of course they haven't fully abandoned and been liberated from all the qualities, including the Avodah Zarah that was in Mitzrayim. So how can you not forgive them? It's not just that you took them, Me'eretz Mitzrayim. You have not taken them, Mi Mitzrayim. So Moshe wanted to say this to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Vayechal Moshe es penei Hashem alokav vayomer lama Hashem yachara abcha ba'amecha Asher Hotseisa me Eretz Mitzrayim koach gadol liyad chazaka. Yes, Hakadosh Baruch Hu, you took them out of the physical location of Mitzrayim, but you have not taken them out fully me Mitzrayim. And since you haven't taken them out of the ethos of Mitzrayim, how can you blame them for the golden calf? The Yitzia me Eretz Mitzrayim was completed immediately, the very moment Paro came and prostrated himself before Moshe and asked him, um, should he take out the Jews of Egypt immediately? But Mimi Mitzrayim is something that could take generations upon generations upon generations. And how long will it take until the conclusion of the Geula Mi Mitzrayim? That will be until the Messianic era. Now, interestingly, the Rav points out, we also see this in the first exchange between Moshe and Hashem, where HaKadosh Baruch Hu says to Moshe, Va'ered lahatzilo and Shemos Perakimol Pasuchet, Va'ered lahatzilo miyad Mitzrayim. Hakadosh Baruch Hu says that Moshe is going to go and take the Jewish people not out of Me'eretz Mitzrayim, not just the geographic location, but miyad Mitzrayim from the grips of the culture of Mitzrayim. And Moshe Rabbeinu pushed back at the Hakadosh Baruch Hu and said, "How can I possibly do that? 
If it's just a matter of taking them the Eretz Mitzrayim, says the Rav, Moshe Rabbeinu would have agreed right away, because that was feasible and manageable. But if it was leading them and guiding them and taking them out of the clutches of the culture of Mitzrayim, which was so deeply ingrained after a few hundred years, that's what caused Moshe Rabbeinu's hesitation. By Yomer Moshe El Elohim, Mi Anochi Kielecha Paro, who am I that I will go to Paro? The Ki Otsi Bnei Yisrael, Mi Mitzrayim, that I will be able to take them out, not just of the geographical location, but of the culture of Mitzrayim. And Moshe was told by Kaddish Baruch Hu, you will be the redeemer not only Me Eretz Mitzrayim, but also Mi Mitzrayim. And there was a long debate, Chazal say it took seven days between HaKadosh Baruch Hu and Moshe until Moshe finally agreed. The Rav said if it was just a matter of taking them Me Eretz Mitzrayim, Moshe would have agreed um, right away. But Mi Mitzrayim, he was not ready to liberate the Jews spiritually, to raise them to greater heights, to be a Mamlachas Kohanim V'goy Kadosh, that he felt he could not do. So, we turn now to the Geula. The Geula of Mi Mitzrayim did not start on the night which the Jews came out of Mitzrayim. It will really commence and start when they come to Har Sinai, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives them the Torah with a new world outlook, a new ethical code, a new perspective, and Moshe will be the first teacher who will take the Jews not only Me'eretz Mitzrayim, but also Mi Mitzrayim. And therefore, for the Rav, the Geulas HaMashiach is a continuation of Geulas Mitzrayim. If Geulas Mitzrayim had two different facets to it, the first facet was taking out the Jews from the land of Mitzrayim, but the second facet was taking the Jews out of the culture of Mitzrayim through a redemption of Torah. So then what the Rav says is that we are still in the midst of Geulas Mitzrayim. It's the second facet of Geulas Mitzrayim, the second phase, if you will, of Geulas Mitzrayim, but that's what we have. So on the Seder night, we combine both of them. It happens to be the first half of the Haggadah is the Mi'aretz Mitzrayim, but the second half of the Haggadah is a continuation of Yitzias Mitzrayim with its long continuation until we get to Nishmas Kochai Tivarecha Shimcha Doshem Elokeinu, until we get to that Tefillah where we talk about the end of days and the Messianic era. This is why the night of Pesach is divided into these two facets of Geulos, but really it's not two redemptive periods, it is ultimately one. And that is how the Rav looks at it, that we have those items. Reviewing from the beginning, we said there are two different types of slavery that exist in the world. There is slavery to someone or something, which is somewhat removed, and that's what avadim liparo meant for the Jewish people. The Jewish people were mechanically and professionally slaves, but it did not it did not infuse their entire being. The second type of slavery is slavery of someone or something, where the slave morphs into the master, where the slave takes on certain qualities of the master. And that's Eved Hashem, as we describe Moshe and Yoshua Benun, and that's Eved Hashem, as we describe all of the Jewish nation. Then we said there are two different types of redemption. There is Me'eretz Mitzrayim, which was a geographic redemption from the land of Mitzrayim, but then there was Mi Mitzrayim, being redeemed from the essence of the culture of Mitzrayim. And finally, we have the two parts of the Seder that ultimately unite into one. The first part of the Seder is in recognition and celebration of the first part of Geulas Mitzrayim, and the second part of the Seder is recognizing the second facet of Geulas Mitzrayim, which is the redemptive process until the days of Mashiach. 
I leave you now with an audio clip from the Rav. That is why Yimru Avdi Pare Le Pare. Avdi Pare only where I'm in. Avadu Le Pare I'm in. Economically, legally, juridically, spiritually, psychologically, existentially. Avadu Le Pare, nothing else. But the Jews in Mitzrayim, if Chasve Sholem, the Jews who were Avdi Pare, they would have never been redeemed. If Avdi Pare were Yinu, so the next sentence would be, what would the next sentence be? Not by its own, but Hashem, like in Israel. And we remain Avodim. Avodim, we are just Avodim or Yinu. Slaves who you were to Pare, only in a relational sense, politically, economically. Lay Pare. Had we been slaves existentially, after Pare, had we lost our love for freedom and our spirit and heritage, had we been Avdifare, not about just Avdifare, we would have never been liberated. But we must use the water and Avdifare. Our service to the Almighty is not something foreign, incidental, but something indispensable to our existence, something intrinsic and inseparable from our ontological awareness. Who are we? Who are we? Just servants of God, nothing else. Period. Nothing else. Basically, the Gulas HaMoshiach is a continuation of the Gulas Mitzrayim, of the redemption of Mitzrayim. What took place immediately within one night is Meharetz Mitzrayim. Me Mitzrayim is the long, long way which the Jew has been traveling already for 3,500 3, years. And it hasn't arrived yet at the destination. Destination will take place. That's what we say in the second half of the Agode. The first half of the Agode is Meharetz Mitzrayim. But the second half of the Agode is the continuation of the Yitzhian Mitzrayim. It's a long continuation. This episode was adapted from a lecture given on April 14, 1973. Wishing all of you a Chag Kasher V'Sameach and a meaningful Leil HaSeder. Until next time.